seated this morning. Aren't you glad you're here already? Amen. Amen. And we're just getting started. There is something special about being together in the Lord's presence and, and our hearts are open to him and he's speaking to us and it's a beautiful thing. And when he is lifted up, he draws all men and women and boys and girls and students to himself. Amen. And we believe he's doing that right here at Vertical Church. Today's a special day for us. We, um, we started a, a mini-series last week called Prepare for Harvest. And we looked at the words of Jesus as he told his disciples, when you look out at the culture today, it would be easy to be frustrated and irritated and count them off. But Jesus said, what I see when I look out, he says, I see a field and it's ready for harvest. I've been planting seed. I've been watering. I've been preparing. And now it's time for the disciples to go out and harvest the work that he has been doing. Those weren't just words spoken to the disciples by Jesus a long time ago. They are words that apply to us as the church today. And I know it's difficult in our day to stop when you see the news, when you're looking at your news feed, and you see all that's going on today, and it's easy to say, this world is done. This nation is done. But I have a feeling Based on what scripture says, Jesus would say something very different. So I want to be like the disciples. I want to hear and I want to go. I want to be involved in the harvest. Amen. So the thing for us that's challenging is that in this room today, unless one has come in that wasn't here last week, there are no farmers in the group. Is there anyone here in the room today that is a farmer by trade? That is what you do. Just look around. No one. The idea of harvest is difficult for us to fully grasp. Oh, I know you've read about it. You've seen pictures of it. You've seen movies maybe that included it in it. But you and I don't live in an agricultural culture today. We live in an industrialized culture. And there's benefit to all of that. I mean, you and I can just about get whatever we want by the end of the week. I mean, if you can't find it at Walmart or some store nearby, Amazon's going to have it, right? Someone's going to have it, and you can get it shipped to your house. You don't have to even leave. It's crazy. You can get just about whatever you want shipped right to your door. We live in a culture in a day and time where that is the norm for us today. We don't think in terms of... Uh, opening the Sears toy catalog. Hello. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. And, and looking at it with eyes of wonder, hoping that mom would get something from it, that maybe it would be ordered, and maybe it would come in several weeks from now, right? Or we live in a generation today that doesn't know about SNH green stamps and top value stamps. Hello. Some of you know what I'm talking about. I have to explain those things every once in a while to my kids because they have no clue what that is. And if you're here today and you have no clue what that is, I'm so sorry. You should Google it. You should ask your parents or grandparents. They will know. Living in an industrialized culture affects us. It makes us keenly aware that we can get just about whatever we want when we want it. 
That does something to you. It does something to your thinking. It does something to the way you live. It, it, it puts us in what was called the microwave culture, where we can get just about whatever we want in just a minute or less, food-wise even. That does something to you. You see, if we had lived in an agricultural culture, if we had lived prior to the 19th century, if we had lived out in the farming communities, we would have a different way of thinking today. We would approach life differently. We would approach relationships differently. It would even cause you to approach your faith differently. Because if you lived in an agricultural culture, you knew what it meant to work hard just to get the ground ready to plant some seed. You worked hard to get that ground ready. And you had one thing on your mind. We're doing this today because there's a harvest time coming. We prepare the soil. We plant the seed. We protect the field. We remove the weeds. We keep out any pests. And we wait. And we watch. And we water. And we pray for rain. And we wait. And we see a little bit of life. And we know that's great. But it's not harvest time yet. We must protect this. We must wait for this. We must have a mindset that keeps our eyes on the day of harvest. And we would wait for that day. And everything was about that day. You lived for harvest. You had to go out and harvest the result. You had sown, but there was coming a day of reaping, and you lived for that. You didn't plan your trip to go out of town when you knew harvest was coming. You instead invited friends and family over. You had to have workers ready to go get the harvest. You made your barns ready because the harvest time was coming. Everything was about the harvest. And if you didn't have a mindset about harvest, the time could come and you would miss it. If you were gone, if you weren't prepared, if you didn't have your barns ready, if you didn't have the workers ready, the harvest would happen and you'd miss it and it would be devastating for you for that next season and even longer. Harvest. It's not something you and I are so accustomed to. It's what Jesus spoke about. It's what the Bible speaks about. The Bible's referred to as seed. God's word is seed. The soil are the hearts of men and women, teenagers, boys and girls, that that seed is planted into. And then a time of waiting comes, a time of developing, and a time to harvest. The church is called to be the ones who go out into harvest. We saw that last week, and today we're, we're taking to the next step. Last week we took some time to prepare our hearts for harvest. Today we're, we're going a little bit further into the process because there has to be a preparing for the harvest when it comes, when it does come in. I'm going to look at a couple of verses and then I'll explain to you what we're doing today, something a little different than we normally do here at Vertical. So if you have your Bible, you want to look at 2 Corinthians 9, verses 6 and 7. If you have a Bible app on your phone, iPad, whatever device you've got, 2 Corinthians 9, 6 and 7 is where we are. And we see this from the Apostle Paul, who also speaks in farm language, in agricultural, cultural speak. Look what it says in verse 6. He says, but this I say, he who sows sparingly will reap sparingly. 
And he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Now, it's a principle that a farmer knew very well. But the Spirit of God saw to it that we had it recorded and that we're reading it here today because I'm not sure it's one that we grasp so well. The point is this, is if you go out and you have some seed and you go to sow it, to plant it, to invest it, to bury it, to release it from your hands down into the soil. If you go out and you sow sparingly, in other words, if you only sow a little, then you will only reap a little. Reaping is what you do at the harvest time. You sow the seed, you wait, you work, you pray, you wait, you work, you pray, you wait, you work, you pray, and then harvest time comes and you go out to reap, bring in what has been sown. And the principle is if you sow a little, you're only going to reap a little. But if you sow a lot, bountifully, increasingly, not sparingly, not stingily, not fearfully, but bountifully with faith, with hope, with promise. If you plant bountifully, you will reap bountifully. Oh, there's so much here in just this verse, just the principle here alone. This works when you're farming. This also works in your relationships. Did you know that? If you're investing, planting into your marriage, guess what? You're going to reap bountifully. But if you are only sowing a little, if you are tight-fisted, if you refuse to invest until they invest, if you refuse to do unless they do, if you always hold back, you're only going to get in return what you have invested. It's the principle. It's just the way it works. Sow sparingly, reap sparingly. Sow bountifully, reap bountifully. A farmer would have known this. A farmer would have looked out into a field and seen potential. A farmer looks at seed and sees power. He knows what's in the seed. He knows what happens when the seed leaves his hand and it goes down into the soil and it's buried and it's covered over and he prays and he waits and it's watered. A farmer knows this. An agricultural mind knows this. And you wait and you've invested and you pray and you arrange your schedule because harvest time is coming. Now, Jesus used this same metaphor, picture for us, but he was talking about people. And he says that we as the church, the disciples, should live with a mindset that's prepared for harvest. We can't look at all that's out there and curse it. We have to see it as soil, as field that's being planted, that's being watered, that God is at work in, and we are called to go out into it. And there we sow and we reap. The next verse says this. So, therefore, let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. Another big principle. 
if you want to have God smile down on you, then when it comes time to sow, when it comes time to plant, when it comes time to invest, whether it be in the lives of your spouse, children, family, whether it be in ministry, whether it be even in giving financially, God says, give with a cheerful heart. God loves a cheerful giver. He loves a heart that is willing, that takes joy in it, that even finds it moving to be able to give. And I'm afraid that's difficult in our day. We've all become accustomed to get what you want when you want, and I better get it on time or I'm going to send a letter. Hello. Is that just me that does that? You know what I'm talking about. I better get my food on time at the restaurant, and it better be exactly like I ordered it or else somebody's going to pay. Hello. You all know what I'm talking about. Yes? You do, you do. So God loves it when we give, however, and we can release it from our hand and take joy in that. We're not stingy about it. We're not begrudging about it, like, oh, okay, God, I'll give it. Ugh. Do I have to? I guess if I have to, I will. If this is going to make my week better, I will. God loves a cheerful giver. So therefore, knowing how blessing comes, give out of joy. Don't give grudgingly or out of just necessity. I have to, for God loves a cheerful giver. You know, we have seen this principle lived out here at Vertical in the past two and a half years. In fact, if you're new here today, you may not realize that we've only been here two and a half years. God put this church together as a merge of two churches that each had about 40 people, and God has blessed in two and a half years. And I want you this morning to hear some of the ways that God has blessed. Because he's blessed us for a purpose. That's what God always does. When he blesses you, it's for a bigger purpose. He's got something else he's doing. It doesn't just come into your life just to sit there. It comes into your life that it may go out of your life to someone else. So uh, I'm going to ask some people to come up on stage this morning. Uh, I want others to tell the story today of what God has done, and even more specifically in just this past year. So uh, I'm going to invite Jamie Gallus to come up. She's our administrative assistant here at our church. You can give Jamie a hand. And she's going to talk to you for just a moment about how God has blessed here in the lives of people that he has brought here. Jamie? So in the last two and a half years, um, God has definitely blessed Vertical with our most valuable asset, and that's you guys, our people. Just like in the book of Acts, we have people from different backgrounds, different walks, different strengths, different interests, and as we've learned recently, different personalities and givings, giftings. Um, we have some people that are walking with God for the very first time in their lives, and some people that have walked with Jesus for almost their entire life. But we've all come with one focus, 
and that's to grow in our relationship with Jesus Christ. We've come to serve, we've come to pray, we've come to worship, we've come to develop relationships with one another, and definitely we have served. We have served in record numbers here at Vertical in both events at our church and in the community, like Red Oak Founders Day, Ovilla Heritage Day, most recently our Fall Carnival, our Easter Egg Hunt and Mini Carnival, our Elevate Explosion VBS. We serve weekly with our hospitality team, our tech team, our worship team, upstairs and Elevate on Wednesday nights with our Rise Student Ministry and our Extreme Ministry, with our Full Belly Backpacks and our Restoration 360 and so many more that I'm sure I'm not mentioning at this exact moment. But God has blessed us with so many talented and passionate people here at Vertical that we are responding to the vision that he has given Vertical to lift him up and to live him out so that other people will know Christ. Amen. And in 2017 so far, we have had over 160 first-time guests. We have had 35. Yeah, you can clap for that. Yeah. <laughs> we have had over 35 families join Vertical. We've baptized 15 people. This number is what blows my mind. We have over 100 people serving regularly in ministry here. Yeah. And our average attendance on a Sunday has been over 250 people that are coming here to hear the word of God. So things are really happening here. And I'm just so thankful that I get to be a part of it. Amen. All right. Thank you, Jamie. I'd also like uh, Mr. Max Yates to make his way to the stage. Max is part of our trustee group. These are men within our church who serve to give leadership to our finances and our facilities and our personnel. And Max is going to talk to you for just a moment about the areas that God has blessed us. Brian told me that I had to be done here in time for the Cowboy game. But as most of you know, Brian doesn't have a clue that the Cowboy game doesn't start until 7.30 tonight. So we may be here a while. Uh, um, as he said, I'm a part of the trustee group. Trustees are responsible for the finances in the church. Um, and Brian mentioned that we uh, merged two and a half years ago with two churches that were both averaging about 40 people a Sunday. And as you can imagine, with a membership of 40, there weren't a whole lot of finances uh, to, to go around at that point. Um, but God has been amazing in his blessing for this church over the last two and a half years. Um, within a year of the merger, well, a year and three months of the merger, uh, this church went from being in debt to the tune of about $150,000 to being debt-free. Yeah. God, God has continued to bless this church over the last two and a half years. Um, as you can imagine, I don't know if any of you guys do budgets at home. I'm sure a lot of you do. But uh, budgets are uh, really nice pie-in-the-sky type things that we all put together. And uh, situations have a, have a tendency to blow our budgets uh, all to pieces. Uh, and we do that here. We budget every year. Um, and as you know, if you've been here at all, this is an aging facility. Uh, and uh, with aging facilities, there are, are challenges uh, to say the least. Um, but God has continued to provide over and above our budgeted numbers. 
Uh, for 2017, for instance, this year, we budgeted $12,000 for air conditioning repair. Um, and we all love air conditioning, right? Especially, especially during the summer. Uh, so far this year, we have spent $47,000 on air conditioning. Uh, but God has continued to provide that. It has, it has not blown our budget. Every time we have a, a, an air conditioning or an, a, a, a facility problem, God provides that money. Um, and it's just been, it's been tremendous to see from our end of it that, you know, I'll get a text from Phil Lynch. If any of you know Phil Lynch, Phil, is, Phil does a lot with our facilities. Uh, Phil will text me and says, problem with AC number such and such. And the rest of the trustees go, oh, no, here we go. And uh, without a doubt, without fail, God has continued. Every time, every time we have an issue come up, that money shows up somewhere. Uh, and it's just an amazing thing. But over the last two and a half years, just to tell you some of the things that we've done with the facility, um, and these are all over and above budgeted items. Our budgeted items are you know, the, the, the staff and the, the general operating expenses. <clears throat> but during that time, some of you may not know that exterior, the, the, the entire church was painted and uh, the rock entryway and all that facelift was done right after the merger. Um, the restrooms down here in the uh, worship center were both remodeled uh, this last year. Um, the church parsonage, which was next door, was remodeled to into our church offices as they are now. Um, the children's ministry lobby, if any of you think that area up there around the church, the children's ministry is kind of awkward where you can bump your head, you should have seen it before we remodeled it. Uh, it's actually really nice now. So th that, that was partially remodeled. The interior or the, uh, the entranceway was also remodeled. Um, we updated the children's ministry office. Uh, Micah and Sherry uh, basically officed in a, uh, a pit for a couple of years until last year we were able to remodel it. Um, we improved our audio and our uh, video and media area. Uh, we were able to improve the lighting here in the facility and also added outdoor speakers. We added a mommy room uh, and put speakers in the restroom so that when people have to excuse themselves, they don't miss any of Brian's words of wisdom. So we've been very fortunate. Uh, God has continued to provide. Uh, and just so you'll know, if there are anything that you see, anything here that you see that is really good, uh, you can come to me and, and tell me about it. If anything's really bad, you can find Phil Lynch or Jimmy Case. They're usually the ones to blame. So I appreciate your time. All right. Amen. Very good. A third area I want you to know about today is an area where we're able to do ministry to help others. Our church is not just um, a place that we receive and keep, but our goal is to receive and then be a blessing to others. I'd like to ask Mr. Mark Battaglia to come. Mark is part of a team of men here at our church we call our leadership team. And they're responsible for the health and body life of the church, for meeting needs, and for doing ministry beyond our walls. So Mark's going to talk about some of the areas that God has blessed us and enabled us to be a blessing to others. Y'all welcome Mark. Thanks. Um, a few years ago, a, a devotional came out called Streams in the Desert. How many of y'all have had that or knew of it, read it, found a time? It's been a few years since it was out. And I remember my mom had that, but, um, you know, I always thought it meant streams in the desert was the word of God that you would go and, and be blessed by, but uh, it 
kind of means something different to me now. Um, I came across that, the scripture that that came out of the other day, and I realized it's not just about us getting blessed by the word of God, but it's us blessing others with the streams that come out of Christ in us, the streams of living water that come out of us. And the scripture comes from Isaiah 43, 18 and 19. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. Brian has talked about how we are planted in this community for a reason. I truly believe that we are right here for a purpose, God's purpose. And it's a wasteland out there, folks. It is a wasteland. I think you would all agree. And we have a job to do. We have a ministry to perform. And God has blessed us to put us here and to pull these two churches together to make one. And we are, uh, like it says, it says here, we're, God is doing a new thing right here at Vertical Church. And each one of us has a part of that. And uh, God has richly blessed us with ways to reach out into our local community and even across the world. And I'm just going to read a few of the things that, that God has given us the ability to, to do uh, to bless people. One, one is we, we are helping uh, a gypsy church in Bulgaria, uh, helping them to purchase a house for their pastor and a meeting place for their church. Uh, some of y'all know Mike that was with us for a while, who was from Bulgaria, and he was training here, and, and he was cooking for us at our men's breakfast, and he was a great guy, but he was full of the love of God. And he's now over there in Bulgaria ministering to the gypsies, and we're supporting his ministry. That's a good thing. That's from all of us, it's going to, to that. Another thing that we're doing is um, we have the Full Belly Backpack Ministry. I don't know if you've heard about that, but we, you go over in our uh, Main Street Center, you'll see racks of, uh, of food set up. And what we do is we go into, uh, uh, we, provide, we provide take-home groceries each week for middle school students in Midlothian who live at, at or below the poverty level. And these are kids, if we didn't provide them that backpack ministry, they wouldn't have any food for the weekend in many cases. We are supporting those families. And that's each one of us is doing that with our, with our tithe and offering. Uh, another thing that we're doing is we're giving monthly financial support to First Look Ministries in Waxahachie. This is a wonderful thing. Uh, we assist young women and couples who are pregnant and need counseling, support, and assistance. They provide a sonogram that gives these young women a first look at their baby and encouraging them to see their baby as a gift from God. This is... This is at the heart of our ministry, helping people that need help like that, these young women. Um, another thing that we, that we do is we give monthly financial support to Restored Hope Organization in Dallas for women that have been caught in sex trafficking and abuse. Folks, this is, this is rampant out there. Like I said, it's a wasteland. We need to be that stream, that stream of life, to reach out to people and provide them living water uh, in that wasteland. This is one of the ways that we do that. And then we have Operation, I'm sorry, Restoration 360 Ministry to those who are overcoming addictions and uh, drug abuse and walking through life challenges. You know, this is an important thing 
uh, again, it's like I said, it's a wasteland. And it's real easy in our culture to get caught up in that. And before you know it, you're addicted. And we reach out to those people, and they come in, and they get restored. They get cleaned up. And they, God uses each one of them to give back to the situation that they were in. And last week, I think, we collect the, the, collected our Christmas uh, child boxes. This is another ministry that we have here at our church. We provide Christmas to kids who wouldn't have Christmas if it weren't for that ministry. Uh, this is, and it feels good to go out and to know that you're helping and blessing children on, on the other side of the world uh, with Christmas when they wouldn't have had it otherwise. And then lastly, uh, we've helped many families in our community and in our church uh, in times of need. And that's what another part of our, our ministry is that when somebody comes to us with a need, we've been able to reach out and help them at their time of need. We have provided that love. We've provided that sustenance and that support to get them through a tough, rough patch. And that's another part of what we do. So I'm blessed. I'm blessed to be a part of this congregation. We, uh, my wife and I have been here for about a year and a half now, I think, something like that. And it's been every minute of it has been a blessing. And it's just God is, God is working, and he's not done with us. Amen. Amen. All right. Thank you, Mark, and our leadership team. So there's a little bit of background there's a picture of how God has provided and blessed, and it's come through those who have given to make those kind of ministries possible. But we are confident that God has more for us, that this is only the beginning of what God has for us. There are people moving to this area in droves, high schools being built, neighboring cities, roads being widened, as we talked about last week. They're coming and the fields are white. They're ready for harvest. It's time for us to have our hearts ready and to have a place that's ready for people when God begins changing their hearts, when they begin to come, when they start asking questions, when they come to study scripture, when they come for prayer, when they come to get involved in the student ministry, when they come to get involved in the children's ministry, and God begins changing their lives. So for the rest of our time today, we're going to do something that is a little different than we normally do. I'm going to ask uh, Bryce Mawinney to come. Bryce is part of our trustee group. And the trustee group has been working for a while now to help us understand as staff and now as a congregation what needs are before us. Because God has blessed infinitely with what he's provided here. But there are needs that exist. There are areas that we struggle and so the trustees come today to say to you, here are some things that God has put in our path, some opportunities for us to really prepare our hearts and this place for harvest. So I'm going to turn it over to Bryce. Y'all give a hand to Bryce. Just getting to hear everything that God has done in our church is amazing. And we want to be able to continue that. And kind of like Max spoke to, as the trustees, we've been tasked with uh, all things financial for the church. And we get to see a lot of important things happen kind of behind the scenes. And we feel like 
this is the opportunity when you think of our budget um, and all the things that we can fit into it. We feel like there's an opportunity for us to uh, minister to our campus. Uh, it hasn't quite received all of the care that it would need for how old it has been, uh, for how large it is, and we just feel like there's a really good opportunity for us to reach all these new people and us as we continue to develop our ministries here. We've, divided, we've identified three specific areas that we'd like to give a lot of attention to. Uh, and there should be some videos, hopefully, going to kind of show the, uh, um, these areas. So we'll start with our children's ministry area. It's a terrific ministry that we have here. I have three girls that are a part of it. Uh, most of it does take place upstairs in the Elevate areas. It's where we get to have everyone from newborns up through fourth grade here on Sundays get to participate in a classroom. We have uh, a nursery. We have a pre-K room. Uh, we have a larger room that has our kindergarten through fourth grade. And it's not just Mike and Sherry and the staff here. We have so many people here that volunteer um, that make great space to this. And it's not just a place to drop off your kids. It's really an opportunity where they learn to grow their relationship with Jesus even at a young age. It's really amazing. Um, I have a daughter come to me and say something to me that's like, huh, I hadn't quite taught you that. She's picked it up here at Vertical Church, so it's amazing to see their testimonies growing from such an age. Um, there's a lot of things that we could do there. Oh, and we also have the mommy room as well to help uh, with new moms as well. So uh, kind of up on the screen, there's a lot of things that we feel like would help these areas from flooring, audio-video equipment, just general repair. Um, there's a lot of things up there that just haven't quite gotten the attention that they need. And with a lot of work and research, we've determined that we feel like giving a number to you all for each of these areas is very important. We feel that $25,000 will definitely accomplish what we're looking for in these areas. And you can see what we're looking for. And again, it's just to grow that ministry that we currently have. Um, and we also have our fifth and sixth graders um, that meet here on Wednesday nights to utilize this space as well. Look excited to that. All right. Next area is our Main Street Center. So directly behind us, I can't do that because then you can't hear me, but um, a lot of, lot of ministry, a lot of functions go on in there. So if you are here on Wednesday nights, it's used for our student ministry. Rise is in there, and they're having a great time in there. If you've recently become a member or attended, you see we have our new member luncheons in there. It's utilized on Wednesday mornings for our men's breakfast ministry. We also have our women's Bible ministry in there. Uh, we have lift groups, our small, our small groups here at Vertical that meet regularly in this area. Um, it's got a lot of stuff in there. It was built, uh, it was built at a time, uh, or I guess all that, that's how it was, and it just hasn't received a lot of uh, care since then. Um, so it's not only one of the oldest spaces, but it's definitely one of the spaces that needs the most attention. And if you spend any time in there, you probably have some ideas on that as well. Luncheons, we have regular meetings in there. Uh, we, like we said earlier, we keep all of our full backpack uh, ministry in there as well, full belly backpack ministry. We have fellowships in there. It, it really is a space that we could use every day of the week. And so we really want to uh, leverage that as a church and really minister to it and bring it up uh, to what we need. So again, there's, there's walls, there's floors, again, audio, video, just general repairs, the restroom situation in there place for storage. There's just so many things that we could do in there. Um, 
not trying to make it HDTV quality necessarily, just trying to make it to where it can be used for what we need it for. Um, and Jimmy Case has done a lot of work on this. He led it up for us. Um, we all chipped in as well, but there was a lot of quoting and a lot of uh, time and effort spent into that, and we feel like $75,000 is the need for that area. And the last space that we'll talk about is Worship Center. Uh, so where we're currently at. So the main thing that we need in here, we get it's great on Sunday mornings. It's a space that we're able to use, and we can actually use it throughout the week for other things as well, uh, the air conditioning. So if you were recently, a good recent example, if you were uh, here for our Driven series, we had a few uh, Sunday evening uh, follow-ups for it where we were able to spend time in here learning about our spiritual gifts and it, it got warm so we have enough air conditioning in here to cool it off with no one in here so that's good news so when we walk in uh, it's nice and cool everything's ready to go um, we start worshiping a little bit of how great thou art temperature goes up um, and it's good and but if we want to do things in the summer where it's 100 degrees outside the room just does not have enough air conditioning to cool itself back down. This has been a process as well for us as trustees. We've had several different companies uh, that specialize in air conditioning come in, look at the area, evaluate it for us, and every single one of them, uh, while they may have a little bit of different ideas, the one thing that we have to have is we just need to add more of it, um, and especially center it here, or be able to move it to the center of the room here. It blows out from this side, kind of blows out from this side, not as well as we would like, um, and it just doesn't uh, meet our needs. So we would love to be able to use this space on Sunday nights throughout the week to where when we heat it up in here on Sundays, it's able to cool back down and we can utilize the space again. Uh, and that's it. So again, it's not just additional units, but essentially in a lot of ways just needs to be redone so that the airflow will work for us. And so those uh, needs... Again, through our research, $50,000 is what we're looking at for those areas to help take care of that. All right, so, um, yeah, I think that's it. Okay, so with those areas, all three of them together, uh, $150,000. So uh, it, it's a lot. We don't want to limit what God can do in any way, shape, or form. We could ask for this, and he could provide for it immediately. He could provide more. We'll, we'll work with whatever we're given, but we're not going to just be, we feel like this is good for us, knowing numbers, but we're not going to limit what God can do for us in our ministry here. Like we've said, we've been blessed so well. There's no question from the merger on that we are here in Ovilla at this intersection in this campus for a reason, and we need to uh, continue on with that. So we're going to have ways that you can provide the giving for this. And again, this is this is, would be for above and beyond. So we still need to keep our facility the way it is. We still need to pay our staff. We need to continue to meet all of our benevolence needs. So this would be over and above and beyond what you would normally give for your tithe and offering. Uh, we are going to have, we already do, we have envelopes. They're white as well as the other ones, so make sure you're picking the right one. Uh, but they simply just say harvest on them. So this would be a place to enclose your harvest offering that you would like to provide for Vertical Church. You can also give online, verticalchurchovilla.com. Uh, there'll be a way through PayPal to give there. And as a part of your 
uh, donation if you're an online giver. There is a note section, a comment section. You can simply type harvest in there as well to make sure that we give it to the correct place. Um, we'll see what we get, right? So it's not going to be just a situation where uh, necessarily going to put a time timeline on it. We're just going to see how God provides. We'd love to see the giving um, you know, continue throughout the end of the year, but if it needs to continue on, you know, so be it. We feel very strongly, uh, along with our staff and our leadership team, that this is what we're looking for here at Vertical right now. All right. Thank you very much, Bryce. <clears throat> I hope you know, if you've been around Vertical any length of time, our heart is for people not just facilities and things. We use things to reach people. We don't use people to build things. Let's all be clear. Amen? Our goal is to do what Jesus said, go out into the fields and be ready for harvest. Now, I want us to spend some time in prayer. I want us to pray for the harvest and for the areas that we've talked about, for children. I'm convinced there are children in this area who are in desperate need of knowing what it means to be loved by God. They're in homes where there's brokenness. They're in places where they don't know what it means to be treasured. They're in places where they're not being trained in God's ways. And they're in need. I'm convinced the same is true for students. There are students in our communities, in each of the cities and in their high schools and middle schools, who are starving for attention, who are walking in brokenness and confusion, and are in need of a place that can show God's love to them, God's truth to them, and be a place where they can grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So they don't have to walk through these years in their life with confusion, with anger, with bitterness, with depression, with discouragement, but that they find a place where they can truly find life. We are to be that place. There are families in our area as well, marriages that are struggling, couples who don't know where the answer is going to come from, couples who are at the end of themselves when it comes to finances and their relationships, and God has placed us right here to be the answer and the voice. We can unashamedly say we know the answer to your question. We don't have to be afraid of that. We should stand confident in that. We have the answer. That answer is Jesus Christ. You must come and meet him. You must come and grow in him. So when we pray here in just a moment, that's what we're going to be praying for. We're going to pray for God to provide but our real prayer is for harvest. So what I'd like to do is I'm going to ask 
uh, Mr. Bill Staples to come up. He's one of our trustees as well, but his wife uh, works in our children's ministry, and Bill works in the children's ministry as well. Bill's going to pray here in just a moment. I'd like to ask Truett Rainey to come forward as well. Truett works in our student ministry uh, with us right now and is uh, actively involved in these students' lives. He knows the struggles that they face every week. I'd like to ask Ms. Carol Edwards to come forward at this time as you can pray for families in our area. Carol is a long-term member here at this church. Her husband was pastor many years ago, and uh, she's still here ministering in our community and to families. And then finally, I'd like to ask Mr. Jimmy Case to come, one of our trustees. Jimmy's going to pray for God to provide. So would you stand with me? And I would encourage you, let, let's let this be the time that we cry out to the Lord. God, change us. Make us harvest-minded people. Bring the harvest in and prepare us to be ready. Bill, would you come? Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I've had the, 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 the privilege to serve in the children's ministry at one form or fashion, and I've seen a lot of growth in, in your, your word, Lord, with the children that we have in this church. I've been very blessed to see the, the children evolve into, into your grace and your love. And Lord, I, I, today I pray for those children that are in our area, Lord, that don't know you, that, that are hurting, that are in broken homes, Lord, that are, are lost. And, and Lord, I, I pray for their, that they need your peace and love, Lord, that they know you going forward. But Lord, more than that, I pray that you will wrap your loving arms around them, Lord, that you will bring them to you, Lord, that they will know you and that they will come to know you as their Lord and Savior. Dear Father God, we just want to come to you and pray for the students, not only in our area, but just around the world, God, that it's, it is a very tough situation to, to live in, be a, be a follower of Christ, God, all the temptations and everything that goes around, Lord. I just want to pray that you show them uh, who you are and just what you can do, Lord. I, I know how important it is for students to be involved or be inside of a church at this point in their life, Lord, because without this foundation with them being young, they won't know where to go whenever they get older, Lord. Just, I've been there, God, and I know you're gonna, they're going to look for different ways to, to fill that hole that's inside of them, God, but I, we all know deep inside of us, we all have that in our heart, we just... They don't know that you're the only thing that can fill that, God. There's nothing on this earth. There's nothing here. Nothing but you, God. But give us the, the wisdom and the courage and the strength to reach out to these students and, and be able to reach them, Lord, and actually bring them to not only us, Lord, just wherever they can get fed, God, just bring them closer to you, Lord, so we can spread your kingdom, God, and just the world of this 
evil is just covering the earth right now, God. Thank you. Father, we ask you to help us to be that light that you've asked us to be. That light on a hill that will reach lost people. Father, may we look at the people that we greet each day and maybe the people that we see driving the driveways around here. They all have a destiny. God, your word says they're going to spend eternity in one or two places. Father, give us that burden to know that there are so many who don't know you, so many families that are broken, so many families that find it so difficult to follow you. Lord, they have that need in their heart and their life that only you can place. And God, we ask you to speak to those families as you speak to each one of us as our families to reach out and tell them your story. Let us not be weary and do what is good. Help us to teach dads that need to be leaders and to love their wives and to lift them up. God, help moms to love their husbands, stand by the family, help them, Lord, to do what you have told them to do. Help us to teach children to be obedient. God, we see young children treated so harshly. Father, may your love abound in the hearts of people who serve you church and how that draws people to come here. Father, we are here to serve you. We're here to lift you up. And God, we want to be obedient. Speak to our hearts individually. Speak to our hearts through our pastor. Speak to our hearts through our leadership. God, may we accomplish what you have us to accomplish. We want to reach out to families and forgive us for any unbelief that we may have or any way we fall short. But God, from this time on, we want to reach families for you. Thank you for your love, Lord Jesus. You are such a good God. such wisdom, Father, that we might be debt-free 
thank you for our staff that when they make decisions, they are frugal and thoughtful about the money that is spent. Lord, would we come to you and ask for provision? We are such a needy people, but you are such a giving God. So Lord, as we come to you as a people, respectfully, we ask for wisdom and how money will be spent, how facilities will be repaired. Father, we ask that as we figuratively get your physical house in order, that each of us would get our literal house in order. Father, that we would look at our own finances and through obedience and submission and yielding to your will, Lord, we would look at what we do with our funds. We offer them up to you as just a small portion giving back to all the blessings that you give us. I know that everything I have good came from you, Lord. So we thank you for the opportunity to give back. Lord, help us to be obedient in what you would have us do. Help us to submit to the finances. Lord, we know those numbers are big and they can be scary, but Lord, we don't want to limit you. Father, also, we give all glory to you. We ask for continued wisdom and how this money is spent. Lord, if we are going in the wrong direction, that you would make us yield to your will. Father, because ultimately, we just want to make this church an extension of you. We want people to see you and us as we gather, whether it's in a facility, whether it's outside in the park. Father, we know that the fields are ripe for harvest, so Lord, help us to prepare for harvest. We ask for your provision. We ask you to bless it. We ask you to open our hearts and open our finances, as we know you will. And Lord, we will give all glory to you. I ask all these things in Jesus' name, and all God's people say.